0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 272 of the podcast. Uh, listen, this is a little out of character. It's a, it's off the beaten path. I'm sure there's a series of terms that would work much better under these circumstances. But um, basically, uh, as you'll hear from the episode, I, this is all like sort of current events, um, thinking out loud, puzzling through some of the just kind of nuanced um, confusion that I personally have felt Um over some of the things that have happened, uh, the last few months with regards to, well, just, you know, sort of, um, Oh, you'll, I mean, look, there's been a lot in social media about, uh, various people doing various bad things. So, uh, you get the idea. Uh, I I just, in terms of shout outs, want to thank everybody who was a part of SF Sketchfest. My partners, David Owen and Cole Stratton are extraordinary, very, very special, very awesome staff. And, uh, the amazing performers and the the audience that continue to show up year after year. I can't believe we've had seventeen of those things um, come. I'm just sort of circling back home and uh, trying not to get sick because it's sort of a tradition, um, and uh, taking care of business, both personal and professional. So I hope everyone's doing well. And um, a couple of people had sort of asked me uh, to weigh in on some of the things that have been going on in the world and. Uh, I really uh, have tremendous respect for Eliza and for um, just kind of the way she puts her her feelings out into the world. And so I wanted to have her as a sounding board and also uh, as a, a t- to hear sort of how she was feeling about stuff. I found this to be a very satisfying conversation. She's terrific. And uh, I hope you enjoy it, too. I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Now entering Nerdist.com okay listen first of all we're just gonna get right into it which we already did (laughs) okay because we already were like i don't even know how we got started on that topic it was that organic it was that organic oh yeah it was a cold cluster fest thing um but, uh, one thing I do want to say is that I vacuumed in here. I've been gone. I've been out of town. Someone else was house sitting They're Great. But, um, I think that, I don't know what they were doing with the dogs, but there was just a lot of like debris everywhere. Dog bits. A lot of, a lot of dried mud and like, Oh, hey, listen, I'm glad they're getting some exercise. But before you were coming over, I freaked out and vacuumed, but then the vacuum has inside it it's like a Pandora's box of like old dog stink. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when I run the vacuum, it's like it, you're getting two things you're getting a clean floor and, and a, cloud a stink. of stink. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. hope I try to clear out the stink oh, no. as much it's, as I could. I don't know, um, but I was very aware of but it. But I am familiar with it. I was panicking that. like I was in an Oscar Wilde play, like wafting the air with my <laughs> hands, like,
1: oh, Eliza's coming over. Eliza's coming over. I've, I've done that with uh, changing the litter box. Yeah. Because when you yep. pour the new litter in, oh, yeah. sometimes you get a a cloud yeah, there's of, a re- and there's a literal cloud. There's a figurative and yes, literal cloud. The, the 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 litter dust. Yeah. Um and that's not and it's not it's not a a dirty smell, yeah. but it is a awful smell uh-huh. so
0: and also, like once you associate two smells with each other yeah. a clean smell becomes dirty like that's there there are certain bathroom deodorizers that yes. i feel like i now would rather smell
1: shit because
0: yeah. all it it's does is smell. it's the two yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. don't lie to me yeah. because i can still smell the yeah, shit but both, now i'm associating vanilla with shit exactly you've forever. got to tell
1: and it's vanilla Yes. so just come, yes. come out with it be straight yes. with me yes yeah i'm glad that you couldn't smell anything
0: um so yeah, so we immediately just somehow got right into the, um, when we were younger, getting pulled right <laughs> into the like hot girl roles mm-hmm. that we both agreed uh, we just d- were doing kind of sarcastically, which yeah. wasn't doing
1: anyone any favors. And they're also never funny. I mean, it even still comes up where they're like, yeah, we want a funny girl. And I'm like, yeah, but did you really look at this script? The because jokes? it's mostly me uh, looking, being a straight man for some cuckoo right next to me right um so i like e- e- you you don't want me to be fun e- you're the reason that models are getting these parts is because they're written for models like right. and that also bugs me coming up in comedy feeling like when dudes would pop and then get their own show then their girlfriends would all be hot <laughs> models and i'm like what about the girls who came up with you writing those sketches and doing all those shows like and what about the women watching this in the audiences who are excited, like, oh yeah, this is so weird. This is my weird comedy vibe. And oh that's what I'm supposed to look like to live in that world. Yeah. Um, I know.
0: I know. And I think, I mean that's that's the part of well like where everything sort of like those all of those things, all of those ways were socialized, including um, you know, straight guys who were the funny ones. Part of it isn't their fault either because like they were so socialized to feel they couldn't and they wouldn't date those girls that there's this weird sort of comeuppance that's like, well, this is my chance. I'm getting back at everybody by dating this girl. Yeah. And this is my my sign of success. This is my sign of success. And so. Uh, yeah, I would like seeing that happen too. Is there is a feeling of like, oh, God, I'm not like I. I guess I'm mad at everyone. I'm mad yeah. at me. I'm mad at you. Like I'm sort of mad all over because I mean,
1: mostly mad at the networks. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who really put like because who knows in half of those decisions, the 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 funny girls could have been put up for it and the network was like, mm, yeah, but no, yeah, um, yeah. I was saying I got hired when I was young for a, uh, prank show. a prank show I shouldn't have I, prank I shouldn't have told it that way I should have been like I auditioned for it so like everyone would yeah. be like oh gosh <laughs> is she gonna get the, the part suspense. but you know okay I did get a part but he, yeah but that's not all um so the breakdown for every character was very hot yeah so it was like art dealer who is very hot uh-huh. <laughs> in a bikini neurosurgeon
0: extremely
1: hot and in a bikini like not only were they was it about how hot they were but they all needed to just like accidentally suddenly be in bikinis And so I picked the one and you were, you, you, to go in and audition for it, you got to pick which part you were going to audition for. And I picked the one that didn't ever, that didn't have anything in it. It was a girl in a panda suit. (laughs) And I was like, perfect. That's the most clothes. Yeah. Yes. And I went in and was a total weirdo and booked it. Um, And I was like, oh, that's great. They like me being weird. I get to wear a full panda suit. Like I don't have to fuck around with trying to turn somebody on. Great. Yeah. And then I get to set the day before we shoot. Um, we're like running through things and they're like, okay, here's your panda suit. And here's your uh, bikini set for when you take it off. And I was like, my what? Oh and they're like, god. your bra and panties for when you take off the oh my god. the suit and you're just in a bra and panties for the rest of the show. And I was like, <laughs>
0: "Oh my god, it's such a, it's a sketch. It's a terrible right? sketch.
1: And I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know how, like in my early 20s at, at somewhere. And I remember being in the bathroom of this little staging area, just looking at myself in the mirror, like, are you going to? do this? does not it's never how you want to be like right. i never want to be just hanging out in a bra and panties that is yeah. not me yeah. um and i'm like i didn't even shave my legs for th- like i did not know yeah i tried to get the most panda possible so yeah. i didn't shave my legs on purpose
0: i, to be I needed more furry. to be
1: exactly furry <laughs> i was eating eucalyptus is that them i don't know i think that's one of the other weird bears um but so, bamboo i was eating bamboo There you go. thank you um and i came out of the bathroom and was like i'm sorry i can't do this i can't uh uh, I I can't you did not tell me this you didn't tell me I was gonna be wearing this I wouldn't have taken the part I, I can't do this and the director was like oh god okay all right um well it, this is a I, f- fair enough I didn't tell you yeah okay oh. fine that's on me I should have told you oh, but wow. now I, this is the problem so what's the solution you have to give me a solution oh my god I can't what's what's your what's your fix right and I was like I wear the panda suit and he was like no and I was like I wear the panda suit with a tank top under it I take off the top part and fold that around my waist <laughs> so I'm panda waist exactly down what tank I would top say. Exactly waist up and he was I like fine and the and, and, and there was a gang of us that were the girls in in animal suits that end up being hot girls uh-huh. it was the narrative I uh-huh. did not know <laughs> And that gang of girls was me and three models. Oh, and I was like, why God. not just get a fourth model? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Like either get a fourth model or get around the idea that maybe there's something besides them being hot that they, that we can yeah. add to this show. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, that was a, that was a bad prank show. <sighs>
0: that really, <laughs> that really is those, I mean, like, uh, so and just to backtrack for a second for you guys, uh, this is not a uh, re-release of Eliza's episode, and I don't usually have <laughs> Wait, people tell on that more than time? once. <laughs> uh, we talked about this exactly Oh, before. no. Uh, but because everything that has happened, particularly in the last few months, um, I have had co- very complicated feelings about uh, and have not really said anything about, not that anyone's been like pounding my door. It's not like they're like, we rely on you to have commentary for, <laughs> you know uh like harvey weinstein or whatever um but it but it is something that like (laughs) behind closed doors Mm -hmm. i've sort of had conversations about it and um and so and had sort of felt like then i sort of started feel stuck between like well i don't want to not seem like i have an opinion at all but i also don't feel comfortable expressing it on twitter it's just not um that's just not the way I have decided to have a relationship with social media. And it's really very selfishly for my own
1: sanity. Well, Um, I I think it's also smart. I mean, I I tried expressing some things on Twitter and had to delete a lot because I'm like, well, that doesn't fully say it. And this is not the right way to try to get it across in 140, now 280 characters these yeah. are way too complicated for yeah. that and yeah. I'm, I'm
0: not gonna and then there was like when it turned out that there was a thing that was like a rant or whatever mm-hmm. it was like oh oh so i can just continue one thought for seven tweets and then that's my like mission statement mm-hmm. or whatever then I, well i just thought, i'm not and i'm not saying that i haven't read other people's and been like oh well said like good you've really used this to its maximum potential but I don't trust myself, or, or, or maybe I do trust myself, but I'm just not interested in doing that. Yeah, so
1: I do think it's just a tricky place to try to get across a, com- yeah. a complicated thought. Yeah,
0: and and the, and and one of the reasons that I thought of you uh, was that, you know, Anna Field's book, The Girl on the Show, she quoted you so much, and when I was reading it, I was like, God, I really agree with, like, this is all great. Um, I feel like when she interviewed me, by and large, I was just like... <laughs> Com- women in comedy are great. Like I don't know that I had anything really that spectacular to say. So I just really appreciated your perspectives and stuff. And then oh, when thanks. I was thinking when I was, you know, knowing you were coming up to the Sketch Fest, so I was seeing your name a lot as I was kind of as we were readying all of the materials for the festival and all that kind of junk. I was like, Well, maybe I should See if Eliza wants to just come and and just talk with me about it on the podcast and talk about more contemporary stuff, which I don't as often plan on doing. Um, but yeah, that, so that was that was like spurning off one very specific statement about all of this. But um, but but like the sort of cle- oh, this is what I would say is that I did I certainly did have people less so people in our industry that i know but more people who don't aren't as familiar with the industry Mm -hmm. and assume that i might have the same kind of experience Mm -hmm. as you know all of these actresses that Mm -hmm. have had to do what god knows what or all you know be told they should do um and so and my answer is usually like yeah i mean like i've had a couple of sort of shitty things happen but like nothing like i don't exist in a world where i feel like that is put upon me on any given day and and for me it's i'm much more a part of like all of the sort of subtext mm-hmm. that's present a lot but i have also tried really hard to be optimistic and not quit and instead be like you know i'm seeing a lot of changes like i'm seeing a lot of really different more diverse you know less The expectation is less on, you know, physical stuff and more on talent. Like, I've seen those things transpiring. And so I, by virtue of just doing this and deciding not to be like, well, I'm going to fuck off and go back to San Francisco because this is exactly what I was afraid of, Mm -hmm. um, that I would go you know what there's a lot of great stuff about this and it's not as bad as i feared it would be when i first started having experiences like that you know what i mean so you like mean, that's like, sort just of- in,
1: in entertainment in entertainment okay. yeah
0: like feeling like oh i'm seeing some of these things but for example like I never had anybody say you know I mean if you just lose five pounds you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. I wasn't like real thin like other people around me or whatever so I felt like I had a, I felt like I came in to a better experience than I was anticipating and I've tried to kind of hold on to that all the way through so no I don't have a situation where you know I was cornered by someone and and they stuck their tongue down my throat so that I could get apart you know or or they tried to for that reason or whatever
1: yeah well I I do think that that I mean and obviously, that stuff does happen in comedy. It's sounding like it happens even more frequently in uh, just general, you know, uh, movies and entertainment. I think that there is, I think that women in comedy um, kind of we have a, a mouthiness that com- comes along with us that makes us a little bit more precarious as a target. I think to a lot of people who are looking for targets. Yeah. Um, Not that, that, yeah, I feel like anything, seeing anything in that world at all sometimes comes off as, Uh, victim blamey that like our actions
0: well that's why that's that's, part of what all this stuff is going on it's so fucking confusing like all the all the Aziz stuff is just that for me was sort of like the straw that broke the camel's back because that happened right during Sketchfest. right and I'm standing in a circle of people and you know they're all comedians and like people who know him people who don't know him people who are mad at her people who are defending her and I really, I was like, God, this is messy. Fuck, this well, is a mess. That,
1: that I mean, I don't know if you, I wrote a thing on, uh, that I just put on Tumblr because I was like, I don't want anybody. I don't want to make money off of this. I don't yeah. want anybody to make money off of this. Yeah, um, I'm sure Tumblr, I guess, does. But like, you know, I, yeah. I, I, and um, I that that I just think that that story was so so mishandled. It was um, that it did not do it did not do anything good for the victim. It right. did not do anything good for the cause. The only thing it did something good for was that website that right. rushed a story out um, a very delicate nuanced story right. they rushed out because there was a they could stick a famous name on it and get a bunch of clicks right that like i cannot I, I there's no way that they could have gone through all of those steps written that thing and had the victims or had her like best intentions in their mind mm-hmm. because that's, they couldn't have looked at that and been like yeah this is great for yeah her. this is going to be this yeah. is going to give her what she needs yeah. and wants because no it didn't yeah. um yeah that and and i think that that uh article really bothers me because it it also uh i think will deter more people from coming forward right um, with complicated stories. Right, right, right. And the way that they handled the James Franco story in, I guess, the LA Times, those are a lot of very complicated stories, but they waited until they had a little pile of them. Right. So they could say, look, I, I, yes, these the, the, take one of these, and it's weird, and you don't know how you feel about it. Right. Take five of them, and you're like, oh, okay, something not good is happening right, here. right, right. Because five different women... We're the ones who were brave enough to speak about this publicly, which means there's probably some other ones who didn't want to go Absolutely. on any record. Yeah. and if that all those people are walking away from this man and situation with a certain feeling, then that's worth looking paying attention at. to. Yeah, yeah, paying attention yeah. to. Um, and there's and you're also not putting any one of them under the microscope. Right. You're saying like, look, this is a this is a pattern. Right. Right. Um. So yeah. So that bothers me. And maybe it will lead to more, uh, more nuanced discussions, because it's the only way to discuss it. Yeah. Um. But I do wish that that had been handled better.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I agree with you. And that is that was definitely your, your perspective on it was, was refreshing to me, because that's exactly how I've been feeling about a lot of this stuff, which is to say, like, I don't I'm not thrilled about, you know, the Catherine Deneuve's of the world. Again, they're sort of like kind of trying to address the nuance, but not. But again, it's like, oh, this is not your you. uh, Like who gets to discuss this anymore? And that Mm -hmm. kind of it's hard, too, because like I don't want. like. And what are you discussing it for? And what are you discussing it for? And who? Yeah. Who are you protecting? What are you? But 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 the nuances like it, it so much is in that and but yet at the same time i completely understand groups of people who are like fuck nuance that's what's gotten into you know that's mm-hmm. what has us in trouble all these years like nuance has explained everything away and i completely understand that
1: but Yeah, it's still really hard it's just very hard to mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean like on the on the one hand as comics we are we are very well trained to detect um uh nonverbal signals we can detect nonverbal signals in a room of 200 people or if you're the type who plays say Madison Square Garden hundreds and hundreds of people um thousands i don't know what it seats right i don't um, either <laughs> but you can detect that many nonverbal signals and sh- take a room and shift it to some place else but i only i know that because i'm a comic and that's And having gone through that myself, I'm like, wait, I know that I have this special skill. And so I know these guys have this special skill. And so I'm looking at them in a different way than a lay person. And then again, a lay person is looking at them with their, um, their reputations for being very socially conscious and very feminist and feeling very betrayed. Whereas I, as a peer, I'm not really looking at them that way. Cause I've known them long enough that yeah, I've seen their opinions come and go. Um, so that, so I don't feel betrayed Mm -hmm. in the same way that I think a lot of people do, Mm -hmm. but I also feel a little, um, professional, like, Hey, wait a minute. You're not, you can't play the bumbling dum-dum right because i know this is something that you really do know something about
0: right, right in order right. to
1: complete your job you have to know something right about
0: this well said thank
1: you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i got a <clears throat> i got a note from someone um kind of asking me how i felt about all of this and it was from a a straight white um, guy who identified himself thus Mm -hmm. and said, you know, I feel, I have spent my life feeling that I was victimized by an older girl, like an older girlfriend that I dated when I was young and I wasn't ready to do stuff. And I feel, um, I felt violated by her. I felt like she pressured me into doing things that I wasn't ready for. Um, and I felt, excuse me, what I could identify with was what, 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 started to come to light with women i've always identified with women in that way because i was like however i carried myself my relationship with that woman kind of dictated choices that i've made since and fears that i've had and all this kind of stuff and 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 he said you know it's just what's when i i i absolutely know i'm not allowed to identify like he felt he was very he felt aware that it he was like yeah his, and and, yeah. and 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 i just thought God, that would be so hard right now to be a a straight white male who identifies more with the person who is accusing the straight white males of the world of doing certain things. And that was to me like a like a perfect little like personification of nuance, like this poor kid, like now he somehow feels like everyone's looking at him, so to speak, as the bad guy. But this is the absolute wrong time for him to be like. Me too yeah you know everyone's like shut up you've got it great in so many other ways look at the color of your skin shut up
1: yeah well and that and that's the thing i i mean first of all i, I do think that we can uh as white women uh process some of th- our empathy with them with uh feeling like w- we are white people who don't agree with and support the behavior of a lot of white people that are, there's pretty much enough white people that that's like what we're known for. Right. You know, and I can't say no, we're not like, no, right. Yeah. I see the numbers I get it. Yeah, they are. And that doesn't mean that I am. That means that they are. But it also means that I need, it's time for me to adjust where my, my standing on all of those things in terms of not like my point of view, but in terms of stepping back a little bit and using my privilege and platforms to give other people a, a spotlight. And I think that that's something that you can do, not just as a performer, but just as a human being in a Wait. room. I mean, like a simple thing as, as a writer in a writer's rooms, um, our f- women's ideas very often get talked over or get repeated by a man, who then the man gets the uh, praise and for it. Really it. Like it's true. It's it's a cliche, but it, it is so true. And what's nice is when you work with guys who make a point to not do it and make a point to clear a path yeah. when they see it happening. Yeah. Um, and they're not doing it to like get a pat on the back, right. but they're just like, no, the right thing to do is go, "Hey, Eliza said that," or say, shh, 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 "Wait, what were you saying, Eliza? What yeah. was th- what was that idea?" Yeah. And that's something that you can do in conversations in classes in like and look for things like that I yeah. think to be like I want to be a part of this but I can't be I'm not gonna be at the top of this pyramid right but I can be really supporting from the bottom
0: yeah I I, I couldn't agree with that more and that reminds me too of this sort of like this the messiness that exists right now with um, and I think I've said this on the podcast before but I most people who listen to the podcast at this point, unfortunately, know uh, uh, to uh, ad nauseum fault that I do love like crime and justice podcasts. <laughs> and that is my release. I don't listen mm-hmm. to comedy podcasts because that feels mm-hmm. like not in a bad way, even just like in an excited way. I get tense. It doesn't matter if I'm enjoying it or if I'm not enjoying it. It still tenses me up in mm-hmm. a way that something absolutely... I have very little to do with in life, um, and in work is I can just like, all right, I'm just listening. I'm listening. Listening is important. Yeah. Um, was the undisclosed, um, the sort of special feature that they did on the killing of Freddie Gray in Baltimore, because there was, um, there was there was a lot of really great particularly in these they have like do, are you familiar with this podcast Mm-mm. okay so uh, I'll, I'll just recap for some people because i know a lot of people kind of have an awareness of it but so serial comes out right mm-hmm. it's the biggest podcast of all time right, whatever yes, I remember that one. um did you ever listen to yes, that yes, yes, okay yes. so you know that rabia chowdhury was the person who brought adnan syed's case to sarah she was mm-hmm. like i'm still trying to get this solved i have the boxes in my trunk blah 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 she was also an attorney she serial comes out and Rabia being um, she's a total hero of mine and she's a very divisive person. But she was she she was like, listen, I, I, I like forevermore. She's like, I will always be indebted to Sarah. I love Sarah Koenig. I love her. I had a real problem with the way she told that story. Hmm. Um, she left a lot of really important stuff out. I understand that she, wa- she her relationship to the story became a did he or didn't he. But she's like, I know he's innocent. I know it. And I, I recognize that other people don't feel that way. And I understand that. Uh, but I need, to, I need the things that were not disclosed or the things that hmm. I feel were kind of bandied about with a will he or you know, did he or didn't he that she feels are more black and white than that. And she was like, and she ended up connecting with these two other attorneys that she didn't know who didn't know each other, but who were both like very, became very passionate about the research and the legal document side of the case. Mm -hmm. And they ended up starting this podcast called Undisclosed. And they, they, their first season was basically serial plus like a gajillion piles of documents and legal procedure and Mm -hmm. all of these things that weren't, Sarah Keenan couldn't have known and couldn't have gotten to in the period of time she committed to do it. But it really sucked me in because uh, I've turns out I'm real interested in like the legal process. I'm very fascinated by the weird, flexible, inflexible, like just, god this is a great system god this is a fucked up system like there's just the whole quandary of that and if i'm sure if i were a lawyer i would have like had a heart attack by now because not having a legal degree i'm still like this is very upsetting to me (laughs) um but they so they've so they've done they've they've really focused on they've made their focus on people that they believe should not be in prison who Mm -hmm. were you know convicted of a crime um but in the case of the freddie gray stuff they connected with these journalists who were finding out a lot of stuff that just wasn't making it into the Baltimore Sun that no one was talking about. And they were like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to do a whole series on this. And they did just hours and hours of analysis on all the security footage, anything they could get their hands on. They went back and re-interviewed all these neighborhood folks who police and journalists just abandoned once they got their, their whatever the storyline from the police were, they were like, okay, cool. So we don't care about the neighborhood anymore because now the police are talking. Mm-hmm. So we'll just listen to that. And that's what we'll report on. So they did all of this just in-depth reporting and supporting of the neighborhood and the witnesses and 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 tried to kind of reconstruct what they really thought could have happened, which is the huge mystery Um, but a lot of that so they would do they do an episode where they're I'm so sorry that I'm just like I don't know why now all of a sudden I have a podcast that's only about undisclosed (laughs) they they one episode a week is here's us reporting this stuff and Mm -hmm. then the second episode is here's this community of people talking about this oh, and cool. about more, so they had they would have you know a host of that who was from the neighborhood in Baltimore, and then they would bring in you know the, a professor of you know racial justice from X University, and this newscaster who blah blah blah, and so there, those would get really tense because there was a lot Were of they com- like
1: all in the same room was this like panel I think they're style I think it's panel pa- but on the phone
0: like it's panel for okay. okay. but people skyping or recording from their own but they're studios hearing each they're other. Hearing it's one each
1: big other. conversation mm-hmm.
0: oh, okay. Um, And so there would be, there was, there was tension there and tension for me as a listener, as a white listener, feeling this defensiveness Mm -hmm. and then really having to sit back each time and go, you know what? No one, you're, these people don't know you and no one is accusing you of being this white person. Mm -hmm. Fucking shut up and listen. Yeah. Listen, put your defenses aside and go, let's all assume everyone knows I'm a great person. I don't need to be defensive about that right now. I need to learn and I need to listen and I need to stop objecting and going, but I'm not It's like, okay, great,
1: fine. Put that away. I think we're in a real neutral. Yeah. I think we're in a real weird position on many different levels in this country and maybe the world with our relationship between fact and feelings. Um, Because like in that type of discussion, these are just, these are facts. Like a lot of white people have done these things. That's a fact. We can say white people do these things. That's a fact. Right. Another fact is I don't do those things and I don't like those things and I don't believe them. But that's that's just another fact. Right. That doesn't disprove the first one. Right. The feeling that gets tense between them is I feel like you're saying I do that. No, 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 nobody said that. Right. But that doesn't. That also doesn't disprove the fact. Right. So it's like we gotta like, have these nasty facts that don't, Feel like they add up in front of us, and go, okay. Well, how do I want to position my life and and myself in light of these things that are just true, right? No matter how much I don't like them, they are true. Yeah. Um, And like even with our with the 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 relationship between yourself and an artist that you like, say an R. Kelly for me, Mm -hmm. the facts are he has done terrible things two women, you very young women, two girls. Um, and that's just, that. And, and my feeling is, but I like his music. Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact. And I think that, that that has made it very difficult for a long time for people to come forward about powerful people because they know these people have all these feelings about Woody Allen, about Brett Ratner, whoever, um, and oh so God.
0: I'm laughing at the idea Of someone being
1: like Brett Ratner is my m- My feminist hero But somebody's gotta but No no have you're the, right He's like, totally right That dude yeah. Has done some great stuff So I So yeah. and what have you done And, you know? and it's and, and
0: money talks yeah. Money is important, yeah. Very important
1: So So like No matter how much you You love something It doesn't take away Some nasty fact behind it And yeah. you know Figure that out for you Yeah
0: <laughs> I couldn't agree more and, and And the other Another piece That sort of comes up with with that particular series of well it's funny too because there was this girl in the very beginning she was one of the main reporters on it and she, uh, I kept struggling with her voice mm. and with the fact that she was so um she, she there was no part of her that was trying to present unbiased and mm. while I understand that that was like Im- like implicit in you know this they were like listen the real story hasn't been told. Um, for some reason, I would just get—I would just get uncomfortable with how she expressed her frustration, which was to um, be very sarcastic mm. in this in this in this very specific way, where she would be like, "So I asked the police officer what he thought about that, and he said he didn't have an opinion. Yeah, you don't have an opinion." And I was like, "Oof, that feels unprofessional to me. Like, yeah. Oof, her reporting of this feels somehow unprofessional." And then as time wore on. Particularly when they when they did a conversation where it was really her getting to be her and not reading what she had prepared as part of her reporting of the story, that I I I came to kind of like I completely did a 180. I was like, I've kind of been I, I like her reporting. I'm really glad the story's being told. There's something about her that's rubbing me the wrong way. And then when I finally just got to hear her be her, and her voice was quivering with rage mm. because she had experienced this firsthand and been face to face with these people who weren't being listened to retroactively. It all made so much sense to me. I was like, I forgive it all. I love it all. I love it. (laughs) She's just really upset because she passionately cares about this. And she is, uh, and she happens to be a white female reporter who's going into these neighborhoods and, you know, able to gain the trust of people who by all accounts should not necessarily want to have a conversation with her, um, given everything that's gone down. And, Uh, And she was another person who was like, you, we have to shut up and listen. We Mm -hmm. have to shut up and listen. We don't know everything. And this idea too of like this, what made me think of this was just the idea of being at the bottom of the pyramid because Mm -hmm. there's still this sense of like, I support minorities quote unquote. And I kind of know what's best. So yeah. from where I am up on top, I'm going to decide this is where the funding goes. This is how you guys need to organize to be this community of leaders who blah, 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 rather than stepping back and going, I don't know what's best for this neighborhood. Yes. I do not know. And your you know your job is to tell me how I can support you, but you lead me.
1: Yeah, you and know? I think that's a, a very new position for a lot of people. Um, and it's, uh, when, and it doesn't feel comfortable at first. And that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right. Like if you're in a position with all of this stuff, if you're in a position that makes you feel uncomfortable or you hear something that makes you feel uncomfortable because it's challenging and it's, and it's challenging your idea of who you are, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It might just be something that you have to sit with and right. kind of get used to. And the idea of being at the bottom of a py- pyramid instead of at the top. I don't know why I said it that, way, but we're using it. I uh-huh. know we're, no, we're in full food it, pyramid slash cheerleader it, mode. It doesn't mean that that's that pyramid is your whole life. Right. We got lots of different pyramids. Yes, yes. You know? Yes. So yes, I feel like a lot of people are also like, Hey, wait a minute. So I'm worthless now. Like, no, no, no. You just have a different position in this discussion. Yeah. There's some discussion that you're, you're the most important person for. Well said, well said, yeah. um, your personal life for instance but this other thing that's about this other group of people that you're actually not a member of yeah you can't be at the top of that right. you'll you, you, you'll get your chance yeah but that's not this one yeah you know? i do know um, absolutely so yeah i think that that's i think that's something that just feels very different we we don't these new feelings feel bad. (laughs) And so we're like, there's gotta be something wrong here.
0: And it's scary. And and even, even things that um, our brains tell us are positive that, and that holds true for our personal lives as well as sort of, our lives at large as a part of a larger society that change is scary. That's not a
1: new thing. Everyone yeah. knows that
0: change is terrifying.
1: It's just, it's a different experience. I think when you actually feel it, mm-hmm. like,
0: yeah, but when no. you're not, the per- when you're not the pushing when, when you're not the person pushing forward, a specific agenda saying, I feel this way and I know that how I've been treated is wrong and I want this to advance. And instead, you're part of the quote-unquote problem. Mm-hmm. That does. It feels very, very different than when you can sort of stand proud and go like, well, I know I'm the best of this situation. You know, yeah. There just yeah. needs to be more of me.
1: Yeah, I had a feminist male friend ask me a few years ago. He's was like, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to say things or am I supposed to not because it's not my place and women should say things. I was like, well, if there's women around, yeah. But if there's not, if you're in a space where you have more power or there, it's only men, then yeah, you can say something. You can say, I don't like that and here's why. And model behavior as a man who doesn't participate in that stuff. Because I think, I mean, the The patriarchy has done such a number on women, but also such a number on men and what they're supposed to be to to be a real man, like that they're supposed to be aggressive and shitty to women. Like that's a lot of men were taught that's part of being a good man in a weird twisted way. Um, So that's, so they need help figuring out a new idea of what a man is, that they can be like yeah that's who i want to be right i want to be a guy like that so if you can model that behavior for your dude friends when they're telling shitty jokes that's that that helps just right. being like yeah i don't think that's funny but you know what is funny this joke about a skeleton right jokes about skeletons <laughs> are always funny and they don't hurt anyone because we're all I, skeletons we're all skeletons i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying you're skeletons with uh, me <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ugh, there's a great Ray Bradbury story that is about a guy who's obsessed with the fact that he has a skeleton inside. It's like one of the first stories I ever read where I started to recognize the idea of mental illness and going like... Boy, that actually like like, really resonates for me on some (laughs) level. Like I'm really, I'm very able to understand this idea of somebody who cannot let go of the idea that there's a skeleton inside them. And in fact, he hires someone to get rid of it. Like he's so sick that he hires a strange little man who can get rid of his problem. And then he's just like a living pile of like tissue and a living blob. Um, I love blob stuff Skeletons inside Shout out to the Skeletons inside (laughs) us all Uh, But how did So When this One of the things That I think And again like I would get so upset When I would start Reading stuff That I just sort of Tuned it out Um, But when the kind of Harvey Weinstein stuff Was happening Which now feels like It was a million years ago Mm -hmm. um, Part of The conversation That I think Would sort of Get edged around um, And that I think People like Um Mm -hmm. Catherine Deneuve were maybe trying to get at but in a way that ended up maybe not being helpful was this idea of like it 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 becomes the sort of woman versus woman thing and like if you're a feminist when do you stop supporting other women's choices to say or do x if it's Like, like, how do you as an individual look at an action of a fellow woman and determine like, well, that's anti-feminist, but that is feminist, but that's your opinion. So in that way, I want you to be entitled to it, but you're not advancing a cause. Um, The sort of idea of like, well, what about the woman who's like, oh, yeah, I fucked Harvey Yeah, I fucked him. Who cares? Like, that's part of what I signed up for. I have no, I have no, I don't care. I don't feel any disrespect for myself about using sex to get a job.
1: Then there's there there's, there's no, no issue I, yeah there's no issue with that person you you were offered something you agreed to it and took it there's nothing there's nothing inherently bad about having sex with Harvey Weinstein I don't want to ever be quoted uh-huh. on that.
0: <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm sure somehow that's the only thing that what's will come bad away from this. is
1: being forced to when you don't want to right um or feeling like your not only your livelihood but entire life thereafter rested on your decision to to right. do that um so yeah you can. But don't you feel like there are women who would say, yeah, but
0: you knew that that was part of a patriarchy and you knew that if you said yes, you might be inciting someone else to feel they have to say
1: yes because it worked that way for you. You know what I'm saying? This is where it just gets so complicated yeah. well, to me. Well, in my, uh, in in a religious studies class that I took in high school, um, we talked about uh, religious freedom and, and h- how to respect other religions, basically, uh, ethically. And I forget who, which philosopher who came up with this sort of thing. But basically, it just boiled down to as long as your beliefs and practices are not harming anyone else, they're fine. Right. And I think that that holds with this kind of stuff. So if it's, if it's someone saying, as a woman, here's how I want to live, fine. If it's someone saying, as a woman, here's how every other woman should have to live, that's not okay. If it's, as a woman, this is how every other woman should be allowed to live, should she want to, mm-hmm. then that is, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if your opinions on women are shutting down other women in any way, that's not okay. And mm-hmm. I and we also, I think, run into a bunch of stuff on... uh with, the, with this call out culture online where if you're dis, if you have any kind of dissenting opinion, people will just leap on you and tear right. you apart instead right. of it being allowed to say like, yeah, you know what? I, I don't agree with these things. And that's just me. Like if a, a Twitterer is not a per- person in a position of power necessarily, right. although there, there's one, right. um, there's a few, um, <laughs> So just because someone says something doesn't mean that we need to tear it apart and for the sake of society, because like, who who is this person? They're right. not making any rules. They're not making any laws. Right. They just said a weird thing. They can say that. They can think that. Yeah. They can sit in their car and, and also go through they a can drive think through. that. The thing that's terrifying to me, and
0: this is like, ugh, become such a, I'm like, I look forward to the time where I and this will probably never happen where I'm not as so painfully aware still every day that, you know, the internet changed everything. Yeah. But I unfortunately am part of that like very specific generation of 10 years, you know, yeah. 10 years on either side or whatever you want to think of it as where like a lot of my formative years did not contain the internet. And I only got it when I was almost out of school. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I, unfortunately it's like when half your life ish, uh, happens without it it's so hard not to have these conversations particularly on the JV club where it's like oh my god if there had been the internet and cameras back then like my boobs would probably be everywhere mm-hmm. that kind of thing is what is what scary to me is that the idea that you that, the, the idea of internet ghosts the idea that you're haunted forever by mm-hmm. things you express or things you say and 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 because I want to be someone who engenders conversation and that you may not know that what you feel is not ethical Mm -hmm. or moral. That gets a little confusing too. Like there's some sort of higher thing and then there's like the mores of a culture. But you may not know unless you say, and then you learn and then you help others learn. And that conversation is really important for that reason. But if you express something and it ends up online, then you're haunted by that forever. So maybe you just don't say anything ever. Or maybe, you know, because you're not allowed to change your mind. You're not allowed to say Um, Yeah, I was I really didn't know or I was in a I was in a totally different place in my life when I said that. And now I feel um, completely differently. And I'm proud to say that I feel differently like that. I think my relationship to things living forever in a way that my parents didn't experience Mm -hmm. um, is. I, I, I guess I'm wondering what somebody who's just now turning 19, for example, what they feel about their openness. And and, it, and is that just part of it where you're like, yeah, 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 I know. Look, I'm going to say something and then I'm going to get beaten up for it. And then later I'm going to say something else and then people accept that. That's just how the internet works. Or are people like, I'm not going to say or do anything they, permanent. I think they, they feel know.
1: very differently than we do. And part of that is growing up with the internet. But part of it is also being young and when you're young, you think, you know, so much more than you do. Let me rephrase that. When I was young, I thought I knew so much more than I did. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Um, and that, that combined is like, look, I know the rules of the internet and you don't old people. And there's a little of that. That's like, well, yeah, you, you do, you've grown up with it in a different way than I have. So you for sure click into things much quicker than i do but i've been alive alive long enough to see how long these ripples will ripple right right (laughs) to see how long things can haunt you and how different they look in the light of a couple years later right um and there's there's wisdom to be gained from that point of view also yeah um Because, yeah, they're like, I don't understand why we can't. I've seen a lot of younger women be like, I don't understand. If somebody did this to me, why can't I just call them out online? And I'm like, well, you can, but a bunch of other stuff is going to happen to you when you do that. Um, People are going to want you to talk about, to say more. They're going to want you to go on the record. They're going to want to use your story. Like this woman, I mean, that girl had tweeted about Aziz. And that's kind of how they found her, I believe. Um, And then drew the story and convinced her to do this story and drew it out of her. Um, and that, so it's, so you're just signing up for a lot more when you're that, um, transparent with everything. And there are some cards that you may want to hold closer and decide how you lay those out and where you do and what sort of support you have when you do it. It's certainly not like my feeling is certainly not, um, don't share your things and don't, don't, you keep it to yourself, but it's just there. Are, you can make more decisions with how you put things out right. than just laying them out constantly on on Twitter or whatever yeah. your social media of choices. Yeah. Um, I mean, even down to like, I have friends who go through breakups and then will have their emotional feelings on social media, and I'm like all of those feelings are right and what you should be feeling and i know that this is the place where you kind of live here on the internet but also the people that you want to date next they're on this website too yeah and the and i not even i mean the guy or girl who you broke up with they they're on here too but i'm not even concerned about their feelings cuz they did what they did uh-huh. but like <laughs> but like for you you may not want to create this legacy right and have this be who you are, um, to people who don't really know you. Yeah. Um, Cause you can say all those things face to face to a friend, whether it's breakup stuff, complicated opinions, whatever, but they also know you and can process it that way. Right. It's not just one little nugget that goes out on its own in the internet and that's what you're known for. Yeah. Um, it's a weird, tricky place. Yeah. It's not simple. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I so I'm th- it just flashed to the reality of like someone, someone the other day said like, oh, I read on your Wikipedia page that da da da. And I was like, I, for some reason, I like had forgotten that there would be a Wikipedia page <laughs> on me. And I was like, oh, does it say that? I don't know. And they're like, oh, do you not go and check your Wikipedia? And I was like, no, I've never looked at a Wikipedia page. I'm sure I'd be horrified at the information that's on there so there is this kind of maybe that's like maybe that's people of like people who not necessarily even are the same age as me or even necessarily have had the same relationship to the internet that I have chronologically but maybe that's like maybe I'm a specific kind of person and there are many of us who are like oh yeah I'm gonna put all of this stuff out into the world that's very personal but then I'm just gonna pretend it's not there (laughs) like I'm just gonna yeah like I don't want to know about someone someone in some room somewhere talking about what they know about me I'm just gonna like pretend like that's not not something I have to worry about.
1: I mean, I def- I definitely have a lot of that. Like, I- I'll suddenly be in a situation where I'm on a-, a talk show or something, and they're like, well, since... And list all these bizarre facts about me. And I'm like, <laughs> how did you know that? And they'll be like, oh, well, I- we listen to all these podcasts that you did. And I'm like, right. oh, yes, I just talk like right. <laughs> I'm in a room with a friend, not like there's as many people as want yeah. to listening for forever. Yeah. Um, but it's also... Uh, I, I lean back on the 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 thought that I think starts a lot of the the tricky the tweets is that well it is true it is my it life. is true
0: and there's something to me Whatever. and uh, yeah and there I think that like once you get a taste of even if even if it's wrong but <laughs> once you've decided for yourself that maybe it's done something good. It that feels so much more like i like i remember the first time i talked about having depersonalization displacement on anything and putting it out anywhere in the world and i actually thought to myself like afterwards the next day i was like what if like a director listens to like a like mm-hmm. a person that i'm pitching to like what if someone hears it and is like ooh i don't want to work with this person they crazy yeah and so i did have that moment of like oh i can't take that back um and then the, I got like the first email that I got from a listener who was like, I can't believe someone's talking about this. I have that. It's so rare. I've never heard anyone acknowledge it and go on to say they can, they were able to live with it, move past it to a certain degree. And I consider you to be successful, whatever that means to me. And so thank you. I was like, done. Fine. Great. Was Fuck it. that person who yeah. doesn't want to work with me because I'm crazy. Fuck that person. Yeah. That doesn't matter. That, strong that man person that you matters. Have that's right. That fictitious. <laughs> probably no one is bo- going
1: to bother but to ever have that feeling. I will say. I think that when we get when we start getting brave about it, and also mindful about which things we're we're gonna let out there. Um, I have those feelings also for sure, and have decided that well that that's just getting me closer to the right place to I be. Agree. Um for yeah all the people who won't work with me somebody else is going to be even more excited to work with me yeah that happened when i um when i was writing on uh fashion police and we went on strike and i was like oh my god am i going to be known for being a problem am i going to be known for being um uh, you know a uh, a a troublemaker in a writer's room who's gonna ever hire me again this was my first professional job and it's like it's hard hard i'm a woman it's hard enough it's hard enough and like we're
0: already conditioned as
1: as a sex to not be troublemakers Mm -hmm. but i was like yeah okay but on the other side i will be known for somebody who cares about this stuff and will take a stand for things and um and and the treatment of workers is important to me and the next job i got was Halfway because of that, I started working for uh, Totally Biased as a correspondent and and writer. And that it, it, part of the selling point was like, "Oh, look, she made this funny video about Tyler Perry, and she went on strike against E." Yeah, <laughs> and they were like, mm, "Okay, that sounds right." Yeah, for yeah. Our show. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it's it it is scary, but it, it's. I think that's all part of learning that like saying no is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, that you saying no to things. It, it feels scary because you're shutting doors and you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to have this job now. I'm not going to have this opportunity. But it leaves you so much more space to go to the thing you do want to do. Yeah. Instead of being uh, slogged down by all these other things you halfway wanted to do. Right. Right. Um,
0: yeah, exactly. Like, like I compromised my some some even if it was just some what at the time seemed like a minor representation of what I believed or what I didn't believe. But like those things kind of add up too. And so you sort of do, if you are the sum of those parts, you are like, am I the kind of person who does this? And no one's perfect. Like I've done plenty of things where I'm like, ah, you know what? It might have been nice to be on the right side of history on that one. You know what I mean? Like it might have been nice to, uh, I would have done exactly the same thing you did with a panda suit. Like I absolutely unequivocally would not have done it. But I can't say, and I'm not saying you are, but I'm I can't say that it I can't say that it's like it would have ever been a hundred percent I just know this is wrong. It would have been like oh my cellulite oh my this like I don't want people to see that part oh, of my body you know what I mean too, yeah. but you know but so like it's not like I was like I had some fierce bod and was like yeah everyone would be lucky to see my beautiful
1: figure but yeah no it wasn't know, that at all like a lot of it was I don't want to show my and yeah. it wasn't like I don't want to show my body on camera because I'm not getting paid correctly and the uh, the contract wasn't there it was no I don't want to show my body <laughs> on camera that's just not ever a thing that I've wanted yeah. to do because yeah. uh, that's not my that's but not- also like a lot of people but then you
0: sort of go well wait a minute we're human beings like we're 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 creatures we have this like weird ethereal thing that no one really understands about our consciousness but we're also monkeys like it's all a fucking mess anyway we're just a big soupy mess of whatever it is that we are as a species and a lot of stuff that happens that ends up being good for people does come down to just an insecure feeling or a feeling of like you know yeah, this wasn't, I wasn't making some grand gesture for humanity. I, all I could do was act based on something that made me uncomfortable, but it's like, yeah, but there's a reason that I made you uncomfortable. And part of the reason is that you're taught to feel that you don't have a cute, butt if you don't have X, Y, Z going and like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, I can expand that out to go, well, that's not really very cool. And then you kind of can sort of rise to the occasion of you know, I can have this feeling that feels base and shameful and it can still take me up the ladder to yeah. the place where you are, your voice is important on the top of the pyramid for a change or
1: what have you. Yeah, well, and going back to the fact versus feelings thing, mm. um, just because it's a feeling doesn't mean it's a fact, but feelings are their own very important thing that, yeah, we need to listen to. And and I mean, now, there's always been people that I'm like, they I got a, a snaky feeling from them. Like just, you know, the humans are like, a uh, program to be disgusted by snakes mm-hmm. um both the sound because it will because it, it yeah they, they can kill us same um, with spiders guys yeah but um she said trying to defend her fear <laughs> of spiders which is maybe less right but it's also the way that snakes move because we can't understand how they mm-hmm. move um it took scientists a very long time to figure out how snakes move yeah um which is something that you don't even think. I, I never didn't even, I was like, well, they do that slimy thing. And I right. was like, oh wait, how do they do that? No, it's true. That's um, like, that's, what, that's what yes, absolutely. And there's certain people that I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but you're creeping me out somehow. Mm-hmm. I just have a yuck feeling about you. Mm-hmm. And used to be like, well, that's some people. And maybe it's because I'm a weirdo. And now I'm like, I'm not a weirdo. Those people are bad. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I'm staying away from them. If
1: you give me a yuck feeling in my gut, yeah. I'm staying away from you and it doesn't mean that I have to like go tell everybody that you're bad news or start coming up with ideas of why I think you might be just like that's the that's all I need to know you yuck me out mm -mm. Mm -hmm. that's the right thing to do
0: do you feel like and this is truly honestly not me trying to like pry and get you to like admit something about someone who's been outed um at all but like do you feel that you have later on not it's not that you pursued that truth, and it's not that you know. But it, but coincidentally, you have found out again, not in a yeah. public way, but like later on. It's for been like, sure. okay, well, yeah, absolutely. So she said the same thing. Well, I guess I'm
1: yeah, not wrong, or hard. he said
0: the same. You know what I mean? Or it's whatever. hard
1: one. Har- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure has happened. Yeah, both privately and publicly. Yeah. i had people that I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's why I had that feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I, I there's another thing that I've been trying to write about. Um that uh, the idea of a different kind of beard that I think a lot of successful women with high status who are known as feminists, high status in their community, be it um, professionally, uh, whatever, like a church, I guess, Mm -hmm. whatever community, comedy for me. Um, I think that sometimes there are predatory men who use women like me as a type of beard to sort of mask their creepiness Mm -hmm. where they can be like oh see I'm friends with Eliza so she checks she'll stand up for me I mean we've seen this happen with like Lena Dunham publicly where she was like I know my writer and he's a great guy and then she rolled it back and then more stuff came out about him in that case and it was like yeah he he maybe was using you right as a little bit of a cover yeah um and the what has brought that up for me in my personal life the lesson that I had to learn Um, was having friends that I think I know, and then hearing from another woman, very often a younger woman, a description of that person that is completely different, Mm. where Mm. I'm like, oh, no. And at first, I I used to be like, oh, well, maybe he just doesn't like you, and so he's showing a different side, or you guys just don't get each other, um, because that's not my experience with him. And then, and and I'm not even saying, like, sexual assault or harassment stuff, just like a completely different picture of someone. Mm -hmm and um although sometimes- <laughs> assault or harassment yeah um and I finally had to I, I start realizing like, oh, they are choosing to show you a certain face and choosing to show someone else another face, and whatever the quote unquote true face of that person is, there's somebody who switches back and forth, right. and that's a little snaky, right that right that makes my gut feel gross yeah yeah so yeah. I, and i'm I'm glad to have gained that instinct about. People like that now, because yeah. I I think that that's a better way for us to support each other as women, um, and and that way I can listen to their stories even when they're not what I want to hear. Right. When someone tells me something about a, a, a someone I consider a friend, um, and it doesn't line up with what I know, instead of just instantly rejecting it, there's that option. Is okay, you know what? Maybe maybe right. I know only a certain thing that they've chosen for me to know. Right.
0: Is that the kind of situation where you would? Where whatever is, have you found that that would be a situation where the person that you have a relationship with feels meaningful enough that you would potentially, uh, actually confront them with that? Or is it, does it tend to be people that whatever your relationship with them is, you realize as you're hearing this other person giving their account, like, Yeah, you know what? I don't even feel like I want to talk about this with this person, which probably means she's right. Because I don't, I might feel a a sense of, and maybe even defensiveness, like shame of like, well, I wouldn't be friends with someone who would do that. It's like, oh, this is even about me right now. Like, I'm taking this personally, Mm -hmm. because of how it reflects on me. And can I put that aside and then listen and go, okay, well, the next step is like, do I love, do I feel a sense of love and respect and and loyalty to this person to the point where now I've listened to it. Now I've not made it about me. And now I'm going to go to that person and say, I'm really troubled by this. Or does it tend to suddenly be like, well, wait a minute, you know what? I don't even think it's worth having this conversation
1: with this person. Luckily in so far for me, it's never been someone that I've been close enough to, to To feel like that But like I'm wondering if that's a coincidence It might not be It might yeah. be like Yeah you know what As it turns out I well, was always
0: gonna have this person At this length away from me Because if it got any closer I probably would have figured it out For myself
1: Maybe Maybe But there are definitely people Who even far oh, Like arm's length I was like No 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That guy's great Got it got it And now I'm like Oh you've told me More about this person Than I knew before Yeah It's not Like I don't have to It's like not deciding Whether or not to believe Just Just believe people Right Like they're 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 not lying as often as we were. We're kind of like taught to believe, even as women, that other women were lying yeah. about a lot of things, or that women had emotional reasons that they were manipulating things. Um, and that's why the whole sees thing felt so
0: dangerous too. Is that it, that it sort of ever di- as many people were saying? It's if it dilutes something. Mm-hmm. If there's a dilution that happens, that's a word, right? Where other people are able to go, see, it could have just been a misunderstanding with all of these other situations yes. that you know maybe were characterized in a different way that got everyone to be supportive and that's where i understand people saying like fuck nuance that's dangerous right now
1: mm-hmm.
0: but at the same time behind closed doors i am like,
1: mm-hmm, well but i think so that also the, i think the answer there is i think it's being able to to share feelings and stories that not being not feeling like we're not allowed to, to. And again, behind closed doors is a great place to do it. <laughs> like we should this be tying into our what do you put, what do you yeah, post? Yeah, like you that don't ask, lives forever, but you can have conversation. And behind closed doors can also be in DMs. Like everything doesn't have to be totally public, but you can feel. I, I think that if you feel safe in a situation to tell someone your story, and they can take it in and learn more. Like basically, with a lot of the Aziz stuff, um, I initially read it. Had a, I'd had a couple glasses of wine. <laughs> It was it was like three a.m. where I was. I read it and was like, eh, I don't know. Um, and and like tweeted something like it was just a bad day. Yeah, like a like a bad day thing. Which also, there is something I think important in that that with and I I kept wanting to bring it up with different things that you've said that we can choose to we can choose and consent to have sex that we don't really want to have, and maybe in the moment we don't know that we don't want to have it. And that, and I think that that is somewhat empowering for men and women, but especially for women, because anytime you're telling a woman, this is the only type of sex you should have. That's not fair. Like we should be allowed to experiment and try things out. What does it feel like when I have sex with someone that I have this kind of feeling about? Oh, not great. I'm not going to do that again. Right. Right. And it doesn't have to be necessarily traumatic right. if it is traumatic to, i mean sometimes you got no idea what's going to be traumatic till yeah. you go through it and yeah. but i just feel like people should be allowed to 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 make their own rules for their their life and their body as far as what they do the things that don't affect other people right or hurt other people um so i had a little bit of a complicated feeling about that where i'm like well look if she was too choo- if she wanted to, to choose this stuff then she's can do that. Um, we it kinda, and why, it, and and yeah, yeah. And then, it felt like and it then it was turning it away, ra- yeah, and then
0: turning because yeah, there, that's the other that's the other gray area that's very confusing about this. All of this, which is important, it's growing pains. I think there's so much that's unpleasant for a lot of people right now, and I just keep telling myself it's growing pains. It's growing pains. Yes, it's go- it's yeah. going to have to feel like this, and that you know I don't have a kid, so I don't have the legacy of like I want my daughter to da da da. But I do feel like, and I've said this before, and it's kind of become my, I feel like, in, within the last calendar year at least, like my number one thing is like, if someone looks back at me in my century and goes, what a terrible person, great. Because that means we've evolved past where I am right now. Yeah. If, if in 100 years, someone goes, can you believe she wasn't in Africa va- administering vaccines every day she was on this earth? Mm-hmm. What a jerk we all do that great yeah great that just means we're better and we're taking better care of each other i'm happy to go down as the asshole in history
1: exactly you know what i mean yeah you said something earlier that i that reminded me of this also that like i think there's something really great in learning that you were wrong about something um you you ended the day smarter than you started it yeah and i think people are very scared because a lot of times it's not just oh hey you're wrong it's you're wrong drag her in the street right so we got to being cool wrong doesn't out. mean you're a
0: villain every yeah. time.
1: And so we shouldn't treat people like they are. Right. But also you should be open to being wrong and being able to be improved and having your opinion. Pro- Again, like, so my initial Aziz reaction was like, eh, not a big deal. Right. Um, and then I talked with some younger women and just a bunch of different women, some of whom were like even more on that side than me. Um, but some of whom were like, well, no, this feels uh, this feels familiar to me, and it feels very confusing to me. And I had to, and I realized I was looking at this story through my eyes of where I have been, which I wrote about this in the thing that, I my my pl- post about it, that because it was so poorly written and so confusing and like too many facts about things we don't need facts about and not enough facts about things that we do, that people could only view it through their own point of view and process it that way. And so if you have had experiences like that, and they were traumatic to you, then this feels very traumatic. And if you haven't, or you have had them, but they didn't feel traumatic to you, then this feels like no big deal. And it's like, well, there's so many teeny tiny moving parts in all of that that can change the tone of a second. Yeah. So we can't do that. So And that's why we can't write about things in such a slapdash way. right? Um, because we can't leave it up to everybody's personal experiences. Right. It, we need to be like, oh, I understand what happened to her. And I understand her perspective. And I understand the situation. Okay, now I know how I feel about it. Instead of... I kind of get it. Well, here's what happened to me. So
0: Right, right, right. But if I had been there, I would have handled it this yes, way. Yes, yeah. me as a, you know,
1: 30-something lady yeah. who's had <laughs> s- such and such experiences uh, already. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that uh, then talking to a bunch of women with other perspectives helped me kind of build a a different perspective mm-hmm. on it and, and also like
0: pulled into focus this idea as you brought up from from the beginning when we first started talking about it which is what about this miss what about this uns- un sort of unseen narrator who is the publication who mm-hmm. is the editor who is the you know what th- what what about them and their responsibility in this because that's something that like my Sweetie, partner, whatever, mm-hmm. um, uh, f- gets very, very defensive and upset about is like he can't stand when people when there's bad journalism, which there is mm-hmm. a lot of bad journalism, yeah, and he's like he feels maligned by that, and and it's it's not dissimilar from how we feel when we are like, uh, lady. D- don't take my side. I'm not loving mm-hmm. what you're saying about women right now. And I know that you feel that you're advancing a cause, but I feel that you're diminishing it. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea of like, I, we don't need more irresponsible journalists out there. We don't need more irresponsible publications out there because it's really tainting what it means to tell
1: a story anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the the fact that they're they're very young on that staff and so proud of that. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a... You're losing a lot of experience and perspective. Yeah. That was also why. So I saw a lot of the discussions be include elements of um, women saying, well, she should know better. These younger women should just, she, they should know better. And I was like, okay, if we know better supposedly and then they do, then it's our job to tell them things. Right. Um, and it's our job to not point our fingers at other ladies, but like, in this sense, it's a good thing, I think, to think of it, think of yourself. When you were younger, what was that like for you? And most, I think, older women with this perspective are like, oh, I was a (laughs) ding-dong. And I sure, I would go home with a a famous man and think, we've been texting all week, maybe he's in love with me, maybe we're gonna kiss all night and he's gonna tell me I'm so pretty and we're gonna talk about our favorite records and the next day we're gonna get brunch together and this is the beginning of something wow. And each moment that it's turning out to not be that, if that's something that's very meaningful to you, again, at that age where your, your priorities are very different than they will be later in those terms, you keep trying to hold on to it and so yeah she probably would stay but again i'm only processing this through me but i'm trying to find the areas where i can see why it's upsetting to her and to the other women that i know who've been upset by it um because yeah so i did this thing on so on twitter where i asked um women over 30 what's something that you wish you had known when you were in your 20s and it got such an amazing response. It's like one of the, like I did very little for it, but it's one of the things that I'm kind of most proud of right now um, because the way people talked to each other was so kind and Mm. nice. And the way they talked about themselves was so nice. Like hearing them be so nice to the younger version of themselves and then having younger women be like, oh my God, thank you, nobody told me any of these things. Um, Or I was was doubting some of this stuff and reading all this was really important to me just from other women and sometimes from women who are like people that I really respect and already know their careers and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like there was more of in my imagination, I've never been a man. Um, in my imagination, there's more of that in their world of like mentoring younger men and not necessarily seeing them. Because women have a supposed expiration date on our usefulness, I think that there has been an inherent uh, distrust of younger women. Yeah. And when I was younger, I distrusted older women mm. because I was surrounded by men who were telling me I was fascinating. I was fascinating. I was the best. I was so funny. I was so good at everything. You're a star. You're amazing. And then there would be some older woman who's like, I got notes. And I'm like, oh, she's threatened. (laughs) And now as an older woman who has been in a position to help younger women to produce them as on TV as talent I'm like, no, I do. I can tell you things that they're not telling you because even if they don't know it, they're trying to fuck you. Like they all, they've got a thing in their guts. They like, some of them are keyed into it and try to push it down. Some of them aren't. Um, And it's just infiltrating the conversation in all kinds of ways. I don't have that. I'm only trying to make this TV show better. I'm only trying to make this show better. If we're friends, I'm only trying to like offer you an idea for your set if you want it, if you want it. Um, And so it's not as, so when I was younger, it didn't feel uh, as like laudatory as I was used to. So it felt like uh, an attack it wasn't an attack. Yeah. And so I, I would love for there to be more ways for women of different ages to support each other. Younger women are the ones who need to be saying, I don't think this woman has expired at 45. I still want to see her on TV. I still want to read her books. I still want her voice out there. Right. And older women need to be the ones talking to younger women being like, I get some of this that's going on with you not all of it but here are some things that I learned that might help you navigate it so that you and you can take them if you want or not yeah um because yeah I think that 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 kind of relationship has helped men a lot and it's our turn to have that also
0: I agree I agree I think and again I do feel that like we are seeing more of that I mean I can't and again I you know I'm I'm not Catherine Deneuve. I'm not Meryl Streep. I'm not any of these women who, you know, the Helen Mirrens. Like, I'm not any of these women who have remained, you know, relevant to a a culture that supposedly throws our women away. And and, and I'm sure, I mean, for all of those people, there are plenty of people who go, whatever happened to you? But there's also, like, a sense of... But then, like, we could have a whole episode on, like, how immaterial fame is because that's a whole thing, too, is, like, this idea now, having done this as long as I do, now when someone's like... (laughs) What ever happened to you know mary elizabeth master antonio or whatever i think she came back and started working again <laughs> but anyway but now i'm at a place where i'm like oh there is nothing more dignified yeah. than if it's right for you saying i'm through with this Deborah and it Winter. doesn't have to be because it's awful it doesn't have to be because no one wants you anymore it doesn't have to be because you want to raise a family or horses it can just be like, and now I want to go teach because I want to give this to someone else or now I want to do go... I mean, of course, all of those things are viable, but it doesn't have to say anything inherent about the business and we don't have to keep reinforcing that by thinking that it does. That's true. Do you That's know what true. I mean? Yeah, and
1: I, and I am sensitive to, to reinforcing it because, yeah, I don't think that it's actually as true as people want, but I do think it's something that we use to scare women. Yeah. Um, and I think that if that was something that was that was important to younger women... There, it would diffuse that bomb. Yeah, like there, w- you would have no ammo to to scare people if yeah. you had people saying, "Oh, actually, I feel the opposite of that." So, everybody go back to work and write another TV show yeah. or book or whatever yeah. you're trying to make, because um, that's an that's a valuable perspective. Um, yeah, I, I just don't like it's. I don't like the way that people try to scare that. That society tries to scare women, and I think that. By sharing different perspectives, we can say like, hey, it's actually not that scary here. Mm -hmm. It's not that scary. And it'll be
0: even less scary when you come. Come here and be less scared with us. And yeah, that's, you know, I was just, as you were saying that, I realized like, that's kind of what... um, That's so dumb to be like, hey, I got I got a little like a soundbite. But, um, <laughs> but I feel like in, in my mind, as you were saying that the, this word popped in my head in neon letters, which was progressive. Mm-hmm. And I just realized right now, that's how I want to feel because I feel that being progressive allows for anger about what hasn't worked. And it allows for that, like, energy and that rocket fuel to push you out of that but it also is very optimistic. It's progressive. Yes. It's about progress. Yeah. It's about taking it forward. And that is inherently optimistic. And so that's the kind of cocktail that I feel like we just need to keep working on. It's never going to be perfect, but it's like how, what's, and it's going to be different for everyone. What's my right balance of motivation and resentment. Yes. <laughs> you know I, mean? no, I like I, I, for I totally some people it might agree. be a, a pinch and, and, and all optimism or they won't advance to where they want to be and bring everyone up around them too. And for other people it might be like, you know what, from, what I went through in my life. I'm 90% pissed, 10% excited. And I'm going to bring all these great women with me who feel differently. And we're all going to be powerful. I
1: totally agree. I feel like, like so much of my comedy voice, everything is like, I just want to make things better. Um, and I think of it like, it's kind of like if you started working out, if you started going to a gym, if you were super out of shape, um, You can't start working out if you're just sitting around being like, oh, I'm so, I'm so out of shape. This is terrible. And you also can't go to a gym and be like, I'm in shape now. I'm going to do all the hard stuff. Right. You have to be like, okay, here's where I'm at and there's where I want to get. And so how do we do this? Yeah. We can, we can do this. Yeah. Um, And just try to improve and, and keeping your eyes on the prizes is is really important because there's so many chances to get so angry along the way at things that don't matter at like personal how dare you injustices you can't talk to me that way yeah you know what that guy that person you're not going to fix yeah um i gotta stay focused on this thing that i want this thing that i want to say this thing that i want to do um and uh and once i do that that's the revolutionary act yeah more than teaching some ding dong who (laughs) thought that i who wants to make fun of me for not wearing enough makeup at an audition or whatever you know yeah like all right Pick, the pick your battles is very true in that
0: regard especially if you're somebody who's hypersensitive like I know for me I it took me a long time and it's still something I have to tell myself all the time like a muscle that you're exercise right exactly mm-hmm. like you were saying which is oh I don't have the emotional bandwidth to make that a priority and mm-hmm. everything in me and in, instinctually for whatever reason might be like here's a night of sleep you're gonna lose mm-hmm. and you should lose it because that ding dong <laughs> you know what I mean and yeah. then being like oh wow I can't take that on at all and I'm not doing it and and in Mike I and you know what I hope someone else does and Mm -hmm. and bless them and thank you and I can't do that for me to get to that end goal which hopefully is going to make things better in some way I got to just walk away from that and go "Mm -mm, don't have time for that I can't stop every time along the way or I'm never going to get there yeah
1: and Also, like in the, the, like in the example that I gave, like you can be like, hey, don't like that. Bye. Yeah. I'm going to go get my car. Yeah. Instead of like, I don't like like, change it right now in front of me. And also instead of being
0: like, "Uh uh-huh, sounds good and not mm -hmm. saying anything. Yeah. What's that finding the, you can speak your mind and then move on.
1: I remember years ago being on tour uh, with a, (laughs) a short form improv group and, um, we did a college show and the college improv troupe wanted to meet us afterwards. And this one dude in the troupe, um, like big muscly guy. I don't need to say that. Anyway, he was, (laughs) he was like, Oh man, you are so fun. You're so funny. And it's so hard to find, um, funny women. Like, I I don't mean to be sexist. I'm not being sexist. It's just, it's hard to find funny women. And by the way, this improv group that he was meeting me with, he, there was a girl (sighs) in the group right there next to him. And so he's like, I don't mean to be sexist. It's just hard to find funny women and, or funny girls. And I was like, oh, no, that is sexist. And he was like, what? And I was like, no, that's sexist. That's sexist. There, there are girls out there. Thank you. Thanks for coming to the show. Um, yeah. But you, you can definitely find girls out there. Um, but, but saying something like that is sexist. And the, the rest of my, my group was looking at me like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, but I was like, look, I'm not mad at him. Just yeah, like, yeah. again, the fact there yeah. is that is a sexist thought. Yeah. Um, and, and you're wrong. Yeah. And I, and,
0: and hopefully um I'm saying it in a way that's not going to make you hate me and be defensive about yourself and dig your just heels Just like there. go, go find, go find out how wrong you are. Yeah. And be excited to be wrong. Yeah. Cause if yeah. you don't mean to be sexist, then I'm going to trust that you are open-minded enough to stop being this way. Exactly.
1: That this, I just did you a favor. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Know? I mean, I, I wrote a thing online that like, uh, it's like being told you have stuff in your teeth. Um, so you, i'd rather know yeah yeah but also i think the flip side of that is when you tell someone they have stuff in their teeth you don't go hey yeah dumb dumb yeah look at you with the spinach in your teeth yeah that was stupid of you yeah like okay you didn't know this you have spinach in your teeth yeah
0: i think anything like that is it, it never hurts to and i do feel that uh, that my approach tends to be i'm only telling this to you because i would want to know like mm-hmm. just immediately yeah. personalize it between two people like you may not even wish that i'd said something yeah but I would want to know. So all I can do is come from that place.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then you know
0: that like you're out for someone's good rather than to humiliate them on some level, you know?
1: Yeah, and they they trust your intent too. They're like, this person's not trying to humiliate me or make me feel bad. They're trying to make things better for me. Yeah. So it's easier for them to hear it too.
0: Oh, God, this has been very inspiring. <laughs> Um, I'm not finishing with the mash game guys the unprecedented ending from (laughs) hundreds of episodes I I can say hundreds because it's been over 200 but it still feels a little bit like I'm pushing it Um, thank you so much this is exactly what I wanted oh good it's exactly what I wanted thank you for having me Uh, I just I just love talking to you and uh, and guys I will so I guess that's my um, and also by the way I think I've said this before but like I every time I say hey guys the beginning of my podcast I always think of like the couple of women who have been like you know you're you're addressing It is if all your listeners are men. I'm like, I can't that's I, now I'm the old fogey that's like it's it's gone past that now. I don't I'm not picturing that when I say it. I understand. Uh and I know that like ria and Cameron will be like, Hey guys. <laughs> like they sort of have adapted some stuff to kind of be more feminist and and that is probably not gonna be the thing that I hang my hat on, but um yeah. but I'm aware.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean I mean all people. Um yeah, we need more words. We need more words. We need more uh, genderless pronouns. Yeah, and we need more uh, familiar people terms. Agreed. Yeah, that was a whole
0: other. I'm gonna I really will let you go, but um, that was a, that could be a whole other episode. Is just the conversation about kind of just this idea of like I, I don't know uh, the whole I, Like I completely understand and empathize with people who are reluctant to take on a, the, the the transgender issues because they feel. I guess like it's just one more goddamn thing. I mean, that's what I think people who are uh, people who consider themselves progressive, mm-hmm. but who are like, but I mean, come on, every snowflake doesn't have to be, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, mm-hmm. I never like, I I may not remember to say theirs instead of, you know, his or whatever. And I, I understand that because I understand it from well intentioned people who are like, it's just one more goddamn thing in their mind. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be, I'm going to offend someone. It's just a new way for me to hurt someone's feelings. I understand that. But by the same token, in my mind, I just keep thinking like, <laughs> why do you think it's like there's some, there's someone over in the trans world who's like, <laughs> <laughs> I love being called them. Yeah. Like, no, there's just nothing that works right now. Yeah. It's a growing pain. Yeah. I know no one is that I, I don't know a single trans person who is excited about a genderless pronoun, yeah, or, mean, or just a, or just an asexual person, or a person you know, a person who's not identifying as either. Yeah, they're just like they're not like
1: um that that's perfect for me. Yeah, it's like we're a mess. Yeah. We're a mess, and we're just doing the best well, we can right now. People have a problem with that stuff. I'm like, do you have a problem when someone tells you that they're pronoun you're pronouncing their name wrong? Yeah, are you like uh, actually it's Elizabeth? Like, yeah. no, come on. Yeah, it's just polite. I, listen, I apologize. I have been um, calling you <laughs> Eliza, <laughs> Eliza Skinner this whole time. Um, but yeah, they uh. The, I, I, I am. I don't think it's going to happen, but I am excited about the idea of a genderless singular pronoun. I am too because like that's something that 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 should have been where we started from language wise. Yeah, like we we started from you guys get one word, you guys get another word. That's too much work right out of the gate yeah (laughs) it should have just been some sort of people word and then if people are like hey you know what i'm kind of fancy i want a girl people word right okay yeah yeah like oh oh, i'm i'm the type of fancy that i want a man people word yeah yeah okay well you guys
0: get words with with hats on them i would be on board with that but also like i don't i i'm really interested to see how this i i recognize again it's changed and so it could scare people but when i look back on the the child that i was I think I, I honestly really would have benefited from being more genderless. Like I felt mm. more genderless than I was allowed to be.
1: Oh, I was super genderless. You know what as I mean? Kid. And I was so like I think tomboy. that's really
0: exciting. Like if I could have just felt like I didn't have to, that I wasn't one or the other, I, I kind of would have been amazing.
1: Yeah, I had a. I mean, I have a, have had hard times relating to this, uh, that the the trans community movement it's not a movement it's just like a, a revelation sort of sure, there you um go. because because I grew up so kind of genderless like I was I was very much a tomboy I hung out with the whole, most of the other kids in my neighborhood were boys not all of them but most of them um and I I wasn't hyped on dresses but I also didn't feel trapped when I, well, I did feel trapped in a lot of them. They don't make them well. They no, don't move the with problem. you, mm-hmm. um, especially the fancy ones. Yeah. But, um, and so, so I had to, it's one of the things where I had to step back and like really listen and be like, okay, that isn't the experience that a lot of these people are coming from. And so for them, gender is something that needs to be pushed back against hard. Right. And if I had come from that sort of situation, then y- yeah, I might have that same perspective. And so I have to help them with their pushing back and if they need me to in yeah. some way or just get out of the way for it
0: and if the side effect is that because the other thing is like this this the whole idea that like there are people in the middle of the country and listen again I there are people on this coast who feel that way so it's sh- totally shitty of me to like blame it on the flyover mm. states like that would a disrespectful flyover states don't exist that's not a thing that's not a real thing um, it's an <laughs> awful coaster right. thing to it's, say it's
1: coke drinkers and pepsi
0: drinkers <laughs> well, we it's know that's the as divide that. it's a simple as that Uh, but like if the if this potentially as of right now not an incredibly large group of people people who are afraid of it would have you think it's the beginning of the end of everything as we know it uh it, it right now it's not maybe it will be someday but if the worst thing that comes out of that is that our whole relationship to gender and the way it functions in society gets a major overhaul that ain't bad yeah that ain't bad. We got a lot of problems based around female versus male. Yeah. exactly. So if it beca- if everything becomes more ambiguous,
1: great. Yeah.
0: Great. That's yeah. not threatening. I'm not saying any woman has to stop wearing lipstick and a dress. I love wearing lipstick and dresses. Some days love it. No one's saying we're going to take that away from yeah. you. And no one's saying a man can't wear. Exactly. I don't know. I guess I wouldn't call Men's it a wife, are, Peter, But or, Well, but
1: or lipstick and dress or lipstick and a dress. I mean, one thing, little well, side thing. Uh, one thing that I think is really unfair is that women get to play with man clothes all the time. Oh, doesn't yeah. bad an eye. Yeah, I could yeah, go yeah. to work in a suit. Yeah, that'd be they'd think I look snappy. Yeah, Um, men can't like dabble. I in femininity, and I at really least the want way that. they present. I and do really want that, or they have to. I make, could
0: use a lot more painted nails. I can yep. use. I could see a lot more guys in skirts. I think it's wonderful. Even
1: back in the back in the eighties when we had that like pirate movement <laughs> i want to like blame adam ant for yeah um and boy thank george him for. and like
0: oh i do but miss the male makeup of the 80s yeah I where do. it Duran was like Duran. okay here
1: are ways that we can get ruffles and um Hell yeah. silks and laces yeah. and it still feels masculine to us but <sighs> we're playing with the femininity yes. of this masculinity. Yes. And, it's a way like it's just a way that we get to dabble again, yeah. that they don't get to dabble so yeah. it's well, a, maybe it's a bigger leap is,
0: it might be right around the corner because when you look at what Hope was going so. on politically in the 80s it's like oh of course if that was a response to the sort of weird mm-hmm. button-down reagan era yeah coming out of like the looser you know like so much about the 80s was tight and so when you look at some of those alternative movements it's like, well, maybe we're about to get a lot more Adam Ants out there, which, by the way, he has one of the best looks I've ever seen. Going with that, like, oh. British fop, but then, like, sort, sort of, and again, this is inappropriate yeah. for me to say, but semi-tribal makeup, which, again, maybe he didn't have the right to put on, mm-hmm. but... Uh, At the time, in the context in which it was presented, I was like, that is the coolest look I've ever seen. to see a superhero or what? What's happening? I mean, essentially, he was wearing a bunch of makeup. Yeah. In some way. Yeah. That was, that's a thing. And Duran Duran really caked it on. Mm -hmm. I love, I always went for the guys that wore the most makeup. I was like, Nick Rhodes is the straightest, hottest guy in Duran Duran. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He was the one with the most like half pink, half blue, iridescent fucking eyeshadow. I'm ready
1: for it. Yeah. I hope I, I, I would love that. I hope you're right. Let's stay, let's stay
0: progressive, everybody. That's, <laughs> that's our challenge. That's our goal. We're all going to go out there and be progressive. Uh, Eliza, thank you again. We just had like a separate podcast uh, episode that I said we weren't going to do. <laughs> uh, and I'll talk to you guys next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi.